Welcome to the Berkeley Journal of International Law's podcast, Trevo. I'm your host, Haley Duradawan, and this is The Current State. Welcome back to Trevo. I'm Haley Duradawan, and today I will be speaking with Lin Wei about data localization legislation, states' different approaches to legislation, and the conflicts that have ensued from said legislation. Hi, Lin. Tell us more about your topic. Hi, Haley. Absolutely. So in recent years, there has been data localization legislation at a global level. This law restricts the outbound transfer of data. For example, the well-known EU General Data Protection Regulation, the GDPR, came into effect in 2018. China also published its drafted rules of outbound data transfer security assessment measures in October 2021 to supplement its data security law. This trend exemplifies the intensity of international politics and national security concerns these days. But apart from that, it is also highly related to big tech companies' data exploitation and collection. Different countries and regional agreements have taken different approaches on this issue, which have led to conflicts. Can you give us a brief review of what data localization involves and the rationales guiding nations' decisions to have these laws? What do you think is important for people to know about this topic? Cross-border data flow is essential to modern society and makes it possible for both big and small business to trade internationally and offer international services. Data localization describes how a country or region can make data stay within its geographical territory. This is usually achieved by imposing data localization obligations on entities who possess or control data. Data localization requirements may either prevent data controllers from moving data out of the territory or force data controllers to perform certain actions or data within the territory. Both types of data localization requirements inhibit the flow of data across borders. For countries, there are actually various reasons to restrict data geographically. First, there are national security concerns and concerns about cybercrime, which could normally justify the restriction of data transfer. Also, recent Concerns have arisen from the widespread collection of huge amounts of personal data by big tech companies, such as Facebook, Google, and Amazon. Taking the 2018 Cambridge Analytical scandal, for example, where the company was reported to have utilized data from more than 87 million Facebook accounts with the aim of influencing U.S. presidential elections and re-exit. Additionally, from an economic development perspective, data assets have become more and more important, similar to transportation, utilities, and other traditional infrastructure. You mentioned countries take different approaches to data localization. Can you describe some of these different approaches? Well, Russia, China, and Indonesia, for example, have enacted explicit forced localization requirements applicable to a broad range of industries that require data to be stored on local servers, while some other countries, such as Australia, Germany, and Canada, have enacted industry-specific laws that require certain financial, health, and medical information, online publishing, and telecommunication data collected from citizens to be stored on local servers. And does the World Trade Organization or any other international org regulate data transfer? Data localization requirements may contradict to the national treatment obligation on the General Agreement on Trading Services, the GATS. The national treatment obligation in general requires member states to treat services and service suppliers of other member states no less favorably than its own like services and service suppliers. Therefore, 
Data localization requirements may constitute a barrier to foreign service suppliers, thus breaching the gaps. For example, if country A imposes a strict rule against the transfer of data out of its territory, such as rule will prevent a foreign data storage form. Whose servers are in country B from providing data storage services to customers in country A. However, even if data localization regulations contravene the national treatment obligation, countries usually have legitimate concerns to raise that can exempt them from responsibility. As I mentioned, there can be a diverse range of objectives, including privacy, cybersecurity, national security, public order, law enforcement, taxation, and industrial development. Apart from WTO rules, there are also other international investment treaties that have similar national treatment obligations requirements. But similar to the GATS, many international investment treaties include exceptions relating to a state's essential security, public order, or public morals. How about regional agreements? Do they enhance or restrict data localization? The EU General Data Protection Regulation (GDPR) does not mandate data storage or processing within the EU, but it can actually result in de facto data localization. The purpose of the GDPR is to give individuals in the EU more control over their data. It recognizes that personal data flows to and from countries outside the Union. Emphasizes that the level of protection of natural persons ensured in the Union by this regulation should not be undermined. Under the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership (CPTPP), data localization requirements for computing facilities are not allowed unless for legitimate public policy reasons. Although the U.S. withdrew from the TPP, the CPTPP provisions show U.S. efforts to prevent data localization. The United States-Mexico-Canada agreement (USMCA) and bilateral agreements between the U.S. and other countries created to facilitate cross-border information transfer while protecting personal information further illustrate the state's stance on this issue. The Regional Comprehensive and Economic Partnership, the RCEP, on the other hand, offers more space for data localization and is much weaker on liberalizing cross-border data flows. States have retained their right to introduce regulatory restrictions and are only subject to the requirement that they must not be discriminatory to foreign business as compared to domestic companies. And is it difficult for international businesses to comply with all these different standards? Foreign investors cannot predict whether a company will adopt a data localization law, and such laws clearly impact business operations. Will data localization legislation lead to investor-state disputes? But it's hard for investors to pass the three-step process that arbitral tribunals apply in investor-state disputes. They need to prove that first, the foreign investor and the domestic investor are in like circumstances. Second, the foreign investor receives a less favorable treatment. Third, there's no legitimate rationale to justify the treatment. Even if the investor can satisfy the first two elements, it would be hard to claim that the state does not have any justification if the provided exceptions are broad. Ideally, conducting business would be easier and more predictable, with more countries entering into multinational agreements or bilateral investment treaties that contain more specific data clauses. However, 
A failed effort was the EU-US Privacy Shield, which was meant to be a new framework for EU-US commercial data transfer. The European Court of Justice later invalidated this agreement on a case related to a transfer of personal data from Facebook Ireland to Facebook in the US, saying it failed to provide the protection necessary under EU law. The EU and US are still negotiating on a new agreement. And lastly, what are the key takeaways that you want listeners to remember from this episode? Various concerns on data sovereignty, national security, and private rights make it nearly impossible for there to be a unified and clear-cut international agreement on this issue of data localization. There might be more data localization requirements in the near future. However, countries are making efforts at a bilateral level and regional level to decrease the negative effects of data localization. And lastly, again, I know I've already said lastly, but lastly, lastly, where should people go if they want to learn more about your topic? I would recommend second sources at the start. Also, practical guides on Lexis or Westlaw are definitely helpful with a broad collection of data localization laws of different countries. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening. Travo is brought to you by Haley Duradawan, Kayleen Kosla, and the members of the online team at the Berkeley Journal of International Law. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please write to us at berkeley.travaux at gmail.com. While we're committed to bringing you international and comparative law news and insight, our podcast is intended for academic and entertainment purposes only. The information presented is not legal advice and may not be current. Please check out the Berkeley Journal of International Law's blog, Travo. See you next week. Au revoir.